Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, welcome to the planning meeting to be held today. Um, just a couple of points. Fire drill. Uh, if uh, We're not expecting an alarm to go off today, so if it does, it's for real. It's down the stairs and straight out into the car park area. Uh, mobile telephones, if you've got one, either switch it off or put it on to silent. Uh, otherwise, you can collect it in the uh, pond in front of Aldley Ald End House later on this afternoon. And finally, I think that's it, isn't it? We're off. Apologies for absence. Uh, apologies for absence from Councillor Ranger. Is it in order? Declarations. Oh, oh, yes, declarations of interest. Any? Declarations of interest, anyone? No. In that case, uh, the minutes of the previous me last meeting, um, is it in order that I uh, go through that with you now? So, starting off, PC 79, PC 80, PC 81, 82, 83. Matters arising. Any matters arising? Can, can you get them to agree that they are true records? Yeah. Um, uh, former members, can you confirm that <laughs> these minutes are correct? I won't. Eric? <laughs> Absolutely spot on. <laughs> That being the case, um, I'll go through. Do I need to go through? Matters arising. You've probably got any matters arising. I'll go through the pages if you like. We haven't got pages. Yeah. Page one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine. All agreed? Agreed. Thank you. We're now on to item four. Um, the first item I'd like to bring up is TPO item six before we move into anything else. So page 143. Thank you. This is um, it's a tree preservation order that has been served on a site in Elsenham known as Elsenham Nursery. It was served on the 9th of December and it covers the woodland area. And um, the, uh, sorry, the tree preservation order was served because we'd received a planning application for development of that site. Um, on receipt of the, sorry, on um, issue of the 
section of the tree preservation order we received some objections basic, uh, which are set out in paragraph 5 but basically that the full extent of the woodland as set out in the order does not have amenity value there is no evidence at the site or amenity value of the trees were assessed prior to the order being made and 50% of the area covered by the woodland designation is open space and it's not expedient to make a tree preservation order as the site is under good arboricultural management Following those um, objections, the council's landscape officer visited the site and assessed the trees and uh, found that there was no active management of the woodland trees and that within parts of the woodland, as described in the order, there were clearings. So it's proposed to amend the order. The original order, the map covering that area, was shown on page 145. And you can see there it covers all of virtually... No, that one large area. On page 146, we have the new area. And so we have woodland area one, and then we have two groups of trees and two individual trees that are proposed to be um, covered individually within the tree preservation order. And the recommendation is that you adopt the order as amended. Thank you. I think we have a public speaker on this one, Dr. Mott. Mr Chairman, the documentation is clearly deficient. The map of the tree preservation order is included, but the terms of the order are not present. The letters of objection dated the 23rd and the 30th of December referred to in Section 2 have not been made available despite my request last week. That, sir, at least is what I vote. Uh, Mr Brown handed them to me ten minutes before the meeting started, and clearly I've not had time to absorb them, and I therefore rely on the officer's uh, summary. Uh, section 7 does not give details of the area shown in Appendix 2 as G2. The map of the TPO does not show trees and groups. The proposed housing development on this site does include a map with all individual trees and groups, but it does not show the extent of the TPO. Accurate details are essential. My best assessment is that inclusions in the December order which are excluded under the proposed amendment consist of 19 individual trees plus three groups, a total of somewhere over 30 trees in all. Uh, these are all well worthy of preservation and in areas clearly adjacent to other trees. Those not scheduled for felling under the housing proposal are close to houses and would no doubt be felled in due course. The revised uh, TPO shown in Appendix 2 consisting of several discrete areas is clearly much less satisfactory than the single area W1 in the original order and could only lead to uncertainty and dispute as to exactly which trees are covered. Concerning the grounds for objection, the officer's report says that the first ground is that the woodland does not have amenity value and that there is no evidence that the amenity value of the, tre of the trees was assessed. This is clearly contradictory. If the amenity value has not been assessed, there can be no grounds for saying that the woodland has none. In any event, the applicant for housing on the site has provided a full arboricultural report dating from April 2014, long before the, the TPO, and including an assessment of every tree on the site. The amenity value has also been assessed by the landscape officer. 
It is further objected that part of the area included is open space. Nothing will come of nothing. If there are no trees there, the nunk are covered, and it makes no difference whether the area is subject to a TPO or not. The last objection is that it is not expedient to make a TPO as the site is under good arboricultural management. Again, so this makes little sense. It is contended, apparently, that because the site is well managed, the trees are not worthy of protection. Furthermore, the landscape officer contradicts the applicant directly, since he found no evidence of active management of the trees. To summarise, sir, clearly the application must fail. The documentation is woefully deficient, and the grounds for the objections are little more than a mess of contradiction and nonsense. Mr Chairman, sir, I thank you and the committee for your attention. Thank you, Dr Mott. Um, Questions from councillors, please. Proposals. Proposals? I've got councillor James. I would propose the recommendation, <coughs> Mr. Chairman. Thank you, uh, <coughs> councillor Lodge. Thank you. I. Uh, we have had the benefit of visiting the site, but I'm still a little confused. I think the documentation here is, is poor. I don't think we've got a clear view of the trees which have been taken down. It's not documented, and we, we're not sure of the value of those trees. And I would suggest we really need, do need to see a better schedule of those. I, I did suggest that maybe the tree officer could be present to give us a, a, a better view. But at the moment, I, I'm not clear and I'm not comfortable that what we're taking down are those trees that should be taken down. Uh, is there a, there's a, promotion, a, 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 a proposals being made? Is there a seconder? Uh, Councillor Luffin, Council yes, oh, sorry. would you like to speak on the subject? Well, uh, only that I share Councillor Lodge, Lodge's concerns. There were some trees on there that looked perfectly healthy and worthy of retention, and um, it was an independent report, I know that, but I think I would like to, and I know that the Council Officer uh, did agree as well, but... Um, like Councillor Lodge, I would like his opinion. I would like him to be here uh, so the committee can be properly informed. Thank you. Thank you. Chairman, may I second uh, Councillor Chambers' proposal? Uh, it, it, I think it, could, oh, it hasn't been seconded, uh, has it? Carry on. Yeah, sorry. You, you seconded the proposal? Yes. No, so I think uh, Councillor Chambers proposed it, the officer's recommendation. My understanding is that you seconded that. You didn't second it. We have it. We, okay, in that case, let's be clear. We have a proposal from Councillor Chambers. Is there a seconder for the approval of the TPO as set out? Seconded, Chairman. So Councillor Hicks has seconded the proposal from Councillor Chambers that the TPO is uh, approved uh, as set out here. Um, there was a question from Councillor Lodge which was echoed by Councillor Lachlan. We just need to make sure we go back because we had a proposal to make sure there was a seconder. Um, in terms of that, the, the tree officer isn't here which is why he can't. 
be here, so apologies for that. Um, I think if you look at um, paragraph 7, it sets out clearly the um, trees to be covered, both the individual ones and the, and the woodland order. The map on page 146 is a, uh, a standard, common, whatever you like to call it, map in relation to a tree preservation order. It is, that's the detail that it, it goes to in terms of that. And uh, Members on the committee previously will, will have seen these as a, as a standard approach. I think um, the issue that's been raised by Councillor Lodge and Councillor Lachlan is more to do with the trees that aren't covered and, and why aren't they covered in terms of their quality or lack of quality as, as the assessment has, has been made. Um, the assessment made is not to do with is whether a tree preservation on an individual tree can be um, substantiated. So the assessment uh, gone through by the independent or by the, the arboriculturist on behalf of the applicant and then assessed by our landscape officer following his site visit looks at the qualities of individual trees, whether they are multi-stemmed, one of the ones that was pointed out today to propose to come down as a multi-stemmed and therefore potentially more liable to fail, more likely to have disease and not, not a, um, necessarily a first-rate specimen. So then they're graded um, in relation to the, the, the different merits of the trees. So this is, this is the information that has been submitted by the applicant and then assessed by, by uh, Mr Smeedon to come to his recommendation that's before you. Um, so this is the information that you have before you in terms of making, making a decision. We have the proposal. Obviously, some people think there isn't sufficient um, information. Then that's a, that's a matter for, de for debate. But this is the information you have before you in terms of making that decision. Right. Are there any other uh, people wishing to make a comment on this? In that case, uh, we'll go to the vote. Those in favour? Those against? One, two, three, four, five. The uh, motion is lost. Yep, so we need another proposal. We need another proposal as to how to go forward. Can I propose that we defer this until we have a much more detailed report from our tree officer as to the nature and number of the trees which are proposed to be felled? Before you ask for a seconder, um, if we did that, then the TPO that's the draft, the temporary TPO that's on there would fail and would be beyond the time limit in terms of making any decisions. So therefore, it would be uncovered by a TPO. We have a time limit in terms of making a decision. Would you like to ask for a seconder for that proposal? A seconder. Councillor Freeman. In that case, I'll go straight to the vote. Those in favour? Sorry. No. Because it's a motion. Yeah. Those in favour of the uh, proposal that uh, we go defer it. Those for the proposal? One, two, three, four, five. You don't have to. You don't have to vote in favour of it. Five. Those against? One, two, three. So we've just removed the TPO from the site. 
There's no trees are now protected on the site. I know. Sorry about that. We now move on to item 401, UTT 142991, OP Elsnam. This is the site that we've just been talking about that did have a tree preservation order on it. It no longer has a tree preservation order on it, so that obviously changes a lot of what's in my report. Um, this site is one that members visited this morning and it's formerly known as Elsnam Nurseries. The application relates to an outline application with all matters reserved except for access. It would include the demolition of a store in this location here, a bungalow here and also a property known as Bellmead on the road frontage. We're considering the principle of the development, not the detail, apart from the access. There is an error in my report. I, my apologies. Um, I say that access is a reserved matter. It's not. We are considering the access as part of this application. The site is located to the north of Stansted Road. To the north of it is Alsawood here. Um, to the east is um, land which comes up here, sorry this isn't a very good map but it's the only one I've got, the land that comes up here and over on this area here is um, land that Barrett's David Wilson Homes have and they have planning permission for 155 houses approved there. Um, the land on the opposite side of the road which goes around here, um, that is, uh, has planning permission for uh, 165 dwellings. There's an ag um, agricultural field here and then the M11 over here to the west. Um, you've just uh, taken off the tree preservation order from the site, so that's no longer um, relevant. Um, so this is the layout um, proposed and um, it would include a mix of two, three, four and five bedroom properties. It includes a bungalow which is shown here indicatively as being on plot one. It's proposed that there would be 40% affordable housing and that can be secured by a section 106. Each property has a garden size which meets the sizes set out in the Essex Design Guide. Each property has the minimum required parking spaces as set out in the adopted parking standards and some properties um, have an excess of parking spaces. There are 12 visitor parking spaces, not nine as indicated in the report. Um, this satisfies the requirement for visitor parking which is actually 10 spaces. The proposed access will come out onto Stansted Road and um, as we saw on site this morning would involve the demolition of um, Bellmead and so the access would be widened so that um, it would allow a flow of traffic in and a flow of traffic out and there would be footpaths on each side of the road to enable pedestrians to um, come down the road safely and join the main footpaths um, along Stansted Road. Um, objections that were originally raised by statutory consultees have now been overcome. The, um, one of the main concerns from um, some of the consultees was um, 
Elsawood is a, an ancient woodland and they wanted to ensure that there would be a sufficient buffer to um, ensure the protection of Elsawood and in particular the ancient woodland section. And so this revised scheme um, does do that. Um, the, 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 there has been um, a late representation from Ecology came in yesterday afternoon um, where they've requested some revised, um, some additional conditions. Um, so the recommendation is that the application be approved in accordance with the revised recommendation in the sheets in front of you. So that sets out the new terms for the section 106, um, which now includes uh, the monitoring of a biodiversity management plan and a cycle and footpath link and um, extra conditions relating to highways and to ecology. We have three public speakers on this. Uh, an objector, Dr. Mott. You have three minutes, Dr. Mott. Thank you. Mr. Chairman, sir, my subject is trees. This applicant's tree felling ambitions extend to 34 individual trees and 26 or more trees within nine groups, a total of at least 60 trees. In the applicant's arboricultural report, 18 individual trees and one group are assessed as providing a minimum, and I stress minimum, of 40 years remaining useful contribution. Seven trees are assessed as of moderate quality, not one as in the report. There are another 12 individual trees and at least 20 in groups, a total exceeding 30, with a minimum, and I'll stress again, minimum, 20 years value remaining, and a further 7 trees only, with at least 10 years value remaining. There is just one tree of those doomed by the applicant, which is recommended for removal, since its likely remaining contribution is less than 10 years. A tree preservation order covered by my assessment, 13 individual trees and four groups out of those which are scheduled for destruction, a total of well over 20 trees. Nine of these individual trees are assessed as providing a minimum of 40 years useful contribution. In the north of the site, felling is proposed in order to make way for the isolated group of houses numbered 19 to 25. There are seven individual trees and three groups here, a total of over 20 trees. Five of these trees and one group are reckoned to be good for a minimum of 40 years. The group of seven houses would be virtually surrounded by trees, many of them large and mature. There can be little doubt that complaints as to shading and leaf fall would be followed in due course by applications to fell more trees. Recent approved housing schemes for more than 500 houses, an increase of over 50%, have taken up virtually all the unoccupied land in Elsinham. 320 of these are off Stansted Road. This applicant now proposes to set about felling trees wholesale in order to make provision for yet more houses. There is nothing to show demand for new housing in the village on this scale. Mr Chairman, I will summarise by saying that it would be difficult to imagine a more unsatisfactory, sir, indeed, I will say preposterous proposal to recap 
Well over 60 trees are proposed for destruction. Over 20 of these are reckoned to be good for a minimum of 40 years, and most of the remainder are given at least 20 years. One tree only is recommended for removal. This data, sir, I repeat, is in the applicant's own arboricultural report. In rejecting the proposal, the committee need look no further than policy ENV3, which makes clear that, regardless of TPOs, trees are to be cherished, sir, for their own sake. Mr Chairman, sir, I thank you and the committee again for your attention. Thank you, Dr Mark. Uh, the next speaker is from the Parish Council, um, and that is Peter Johnson. You have three minutes. Thank you, Mr Chairman. The Council objects to this development for a number of reasons, these being the site is wholly outside of the village development limits and given its location within the boundary of established woodland cannot be regarded as compatible with the character of Elsnum or the village's countryside setting. For this reason, it is contrary to policy S3. In regard to Elsa Wood that intrudes into the site, it should be noted that the majority of the woodland to the north of the site is designated ancient woodland and prior to the M11 cutting through it was a site of special scientific interest. The woodland has established areas of wild plants including oxlip within Elsa Wood being one of the best sites for this plant within Essex. This development, because of its intrudes into the woodland, will require a significant number of mature trees to be felled to make way for the new homes. In the Parish Council's view, the proposed development is entirely contrary to policy S7, as it neither protects or enhances the particular character of the countryside within which it is set, nor does the developer offer any special reasons as to why this development needs to be in this particular location. The Parish Council accepts that there is a need for new housing within Uttlesford. However, it does have very serious concerns regarding its stated role as a key village within the district and its suitability to be a sustainable location for large-scale growth. Elsnum is essentially embedded within a rural road network and has an inherent inability to provide the necessary connectivity needed to support the large-scale developments. Within the last two years, outline permissions have been granted for three large-scale developments totaling 450 homes, together with a further 43 homes on smaller-scale sites. In all, about 500 new homes are being added to Elsnum, increasing its size by nearly 50%. In addition, uh, the addition of an extra 40 new homes will further exacerbate the already stretched resources and infrastructure in and around Elsnum and it will generate extra levels of traffic that will further overload the surrounding rural network. In addition, in regard to the access to the site itself, the Parish Council is very concerned that along this stretch of the Stansted Road there are and will be a significant concentration of access junctions joining this busy road. 
It is the Council's view that with two large 155 and 165 home housing developments and their accesses already to be established along Stansted Road, the introduction of the nursery site access in close proximity will compromise and threaten highway safety to an unacceptable level, which is contrary to the criteria given in policy Gen, 3, uh, sorry, Gen 1. Uh, one final comment. If the committee is minded to grant approval to the application, the Parish Council does ask that within the Section 106 agreement, robust conditions are imposed relating to the ongoing tree management scheme and that these gel um, with the David Wilson Homes uh, similar commitment and obligation regarding the remains of Alsa Wood as part of their development. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Thank you, Mr Johnson. We now have the agent, Mr. Trevor Dogkins. Um, Mr. Dogkins, you have three minutes. Thank you very much. Um, I didn't want to add too much because I think officers have presented it very well and, and the report is very clear. Um, but just dealing first of all with principle, uh, Mr Johnson um, refers to policy S7 uh, as officers will be aware and hopefully the committee. Um, that policy is diminished by uh, the MPPF and it was slightly mis uh, misquoted. Um, Mr Johnson accepted the need for new development but seemed to be saying in, in Uttlesford but seemed to be saying uh, not in Elsenham. Just dealing with trees, I appreciate that the situation has become slightly confused but members saw on site that we are keeping all the important trees. Um, the original scheme for 55 dwellings uh, was, we admit, losing too many trees and we cancelled that scheme, scrapped it, started again, uh, worked with officers including ecology officers at County Council, tree officers and planning officers at Uttlesford um, and agreed all those important trees that ought to be retained including all of the important woodland to the north um, which would have been subject to the TPO um, had it been agreed today. Obviously there's not now a TPO um, but in any case um, the current scheme has been worked around this and wasn't, isn't an, appro an approach one of your officers said today was the right approach which was to start with the trees and then work around them. Um, and I can confirm whatever way you look at it on the amended order or as it is at the moment no TPO trees are being removed. We would be happy with the woodland management conditions as referred to by Mr Johnson. One of the issues that was mentioned, um, I mean first of all just talking about the trees, uh, Dr Mott mentioned uh, a list of trees, that is his opinion, we have our own list of trees that we've agreed with officers it is part of the submission uh, which gives them their quality, that was Dr Mott's uh, personal opinion. Um, just dealing with access, members uh, stood at the access point for quite some time um, and I did ask our highways consultant just to clarify a few points for me uh, in order that I can relay those to members. First of all, on the access, this has been designed to meet the full visibility standards commensurate with Stansted Road and taking into account the speed of vehicles. Um, the County Council Highways have examined the proposed design and accepted the proposed access as a safe des design with adequate capacity actually to serve up to 70 dwellings and that was the that was in the original strategic housing land availability assessment produced by the council. Um, so there's more than enough capacity there. Um, that we are committed to the Section 106 agreement to provide funding for traffic management measures um, to be implemented along Stansted Road. 
Just dealing briefly with highway capacity, our transport assessment examined the capacity of surrounding junctions at the request of county highways and allowance was made uh, in respect of the traffic associated with uh, other committed developments in, in the village, including those that have got uh, planning permission. Uh, the capacity of the local road network was found to be adequate to accommodate this development along with the adjacent committed sites. And I hope that's um, of help to members. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's now an opportunity for members to speak. Uh, are there any proposals? Questions or comments? Councillor Laughlin. Thank you for that. Uh, I am extremely concerned, as I always am, about Grove Hill because um, it has been said before that that road by highways that that road is safe well we know uh, that the um, planning inspector actually disagreed with highways when we had a very large application recently saying that road was not suitable there is not much of a pavement down there I do welcome the footpath and the cycle path inside the, the development linking the other one but that's not going to help children that have to go to the secondary school where the school bus has now stopped and they will have to walk down Grove Hill and into the main road along Church Road up to, to Mount Fitcher. Well, I've always known it as Mount Fitcher. So I, I am very concerned about traffic coming out of that. I did ask uh, Mr Taylor to pace it out for me today, which he did. And I think you said it, the, the road outside, which I believe you said was about 12 metres, was it? 4.6 to 5 metres. About 12 feet, because I'm thinking in feet. Um, which really is not very wide. It's quite a busy road for two, um, uh, you know, for all those houses, uh, counting the other application as well, to come out onto that road. It's, it's going to put an extra burden on which is really quite a narrow road. And it may, it may be national standard, that may be fine, but it actually is quite dangerous. And then to have to go down Chapel Hill with all those, um, Grove Hill with all those bends and cars parked on one side, uh, I think I think that's appalling, and that's that's what I have to say. Thank you, Councillor Laughlin. Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I think we have to be, um, uh, take into account the fact that it is not our responsibility to decide upon the roads in and around Stansted. We are looking at this at, at planning application in its own right, and. Uh, um, what uh, Councillor Lochlin has been saying is uh, quite clearly there is some merit in it. There is a very narrow road, but we have to rely upon the experts who advise us on these things, in this case Essex County Highways, and they say they have no objection and this amount of development will not um, place any significant increase on um, uh, traffic levels and risk, if you like, in the neighbourhood. So I think we have to accept the, the views of the experts rather than the views of individuals in this case. And so um, on, on that score, um, I think we have to look back at what we're supposed to be looking at, which is this, the nature of this development and whether in its own right it's viable. And it seems to me that it is and the officers have uh, recommended it for acceptance, and I would propose its acceptance. 
we now have a proposal. I see a hand up, uh, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, I was very privileged to go on a, on a visit uh, uh, today. Sorry, I beg your pardon. I should have asked, is there a seconder first? Uh, Councillor James has seconded it. Yes, thank you. Um, I'm always one for, for listening to the experts on these things, but uh, I would rather, we, we, we went on the bus, we went on a bus, and all of us were on the bus. We went down the road, and if that's adequate, then the word adequate means something different to different people. I don't care what anyone says, that road is dangerous, and you shouldn't be building houses on it. Any other comments? Councillor Laughlin, and then Councillor... Freeman. Thank you. Well, I just wanted to say, I mean, to disagree with Councillor Higgs, if we listened, listened to the experts all the time, uh, this committee would never win appeals, which we have done on several occasions, when we have gone against uh, um, so-called um, experts' recommendation. I, I stand by what I said. I don't think that is a good place for it to build houses or to come out onto to that narrow road, and uh, I don't think I could vote for that. Councillor Freeman. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, I think this is a good application. The developers obviously put a lot of thought into trying to reduce the numbers and has successfully got them down to 40 houses um, and has put quite a lot of thought, I think, into how to fit them into the site. And this is highly commendable. Uh, and the bell mouth at the entrance to the uh, service road, the road which will take everybody into the houses, that's also very good. Uh, although I take Councillor Lachlan's point of view that it may not be sufficient. It doesn't seem to have a deceleration lane, for example. However, that said, um, there is professional advice. Uh, the professional's job is to advise. Our job as a committee is to decide. And I'm a keen cyclist. I wouldn't cycle along that road into Stansted. It would be too dangerous. And there would be people going to school in Stansted. I don't think this is a sustainable development, Chairman. And on that basis, I will oppose it. Any other comments? Sorry, I didn't see you wave. I was, sorry, yes, I was, I was waving a while ago. I think that um, I, I must... Uh, completely disagree with, with Councillor Hicks. I think we have to take those views on uh, on the roads and uh, as Councillor Freeman says the highways do advise and recently they've, they've been advising spectacularly badly. We may, may remember with the 750 application in um, in Elsenham, uh, which was turned down twice by this committee, uh, the, um, Grove Hill was considered so unacceptable that an additional route was proposed, a northern route onto the B1383. Uh, and so we've got here a number of houses which are actually not very far short of the, uh, of the proposal, the, the, the major proposal in, uh, in Elsenham. So um, I, I really feel that the access down Grove Hill is untenable and I certainly couldn't support that. Thank you. Are there any other comments? Councillor Chambers. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Uh, Mr Chairman, uh, in seconding Councillor Hicks's proposal, uh, obviously I have read very carefully what the officers have said. And yes, uh, Councillor Freeman, we are here to make decisions. We are here to look at professional advice. 
and we have to do what we think is right. If you actually look on, on what it says on here, uh, all right, it is outside the so-called village development limits. However, there is a presumption in favour of sustainable development set out in the national planning policy framework. Now, if you actually look at that, and we all went out this morning and looked on site, when you look at, the first of all, the access, then the access, yes, all roads are busy now. There are no roads that are not busy, and they are going to get busier. But if you look at the access there, there's an in and there's an out. Please correct me if I'm wrong, Mr Taylor. And if you look at that on that map on there, the visibility either side, if you look right up the road, and I went on the road this morning, you turn to the right, you turn to the left, you have two long stretches of road where you can see probably two, three hundred yards each way. Now, if you're going to turn down something on those sorts of grounds, you'll turn down everywhere. So, quite frankly, if you look at it, and you look at the scheme itself, and I can't speak about the other schemes because I don't know, but if you look at the scheme here, it has been well thought out. It has been revised over a period of time, as I understand it, through negotiation. You have a good example here of larger houses, medium-sized houses, and affordable houses. An excellent scheme. You've now made no, no tree preservation order so they can slaughter the whole lot if they want to, which I'm sure they wouldn't do. But you have an excellent scheme here where you have a, a lovely little residential area of a good mixture of people, which to me is an example to what should be done in Uttlesford District Council. So I have much pleasure in seconding Councillor Hicks's proposal. Thank you. Um, Councillor Mills. Mills. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, it's also my understanding from the visit this morning that Grove Hill is not the only access to this site. Um, I understand there are three or four other routes which are sufficient, which would take it onto the major thoroughfares through to London and alternatives. Um, so while we're considering the traffic movement, we should also think that there are alternatives through Stansted Airport which do link to the main hubs and would give sufficient sort of routeways. Um, and I think that's a major uh, influence in me considering this as an adequate proposal. So thank you very much. Thank you. Well, we have a proposer and a seconder. Uh, I'll put it to the vote. Those in favour of the motion? Those against? In this case, I will cast in favour. We now move on to uh, item 4.2, UTT 14.3662, full Quendon and Rickling. Maria Shoesmith. Thank you.
Thank you, Chairman. Members' attention is drawn to the amended um, circulated list for the heads of terms and the conditions, whereby the heads of terms have been amended and two additional conditions are recommended. The application site is located south of Foxley House, um, which is located uh, between the villages of Quendon and Rickling Green. The application site is located here. The application is for the erection of 19 residential dwellings, including five affordable units, a new vehicular access, which is proposed here, off of Cambridge Road, incorporating public open space, hard standing, landscaping and land proposed to be transferred to the Rickling School for Educational Purposes. This plan here shows, um, as you can see within the officer's report, that there is a history um, relating to this site. Uh, where there is a previous extant consent. This shows what has been previously approved um, at outline consent and what is capable of being implemented. This gives you a bit more of a detailed view of the concept. Um, at outline stage, the um, scale layout and the access um, has been approved. This is the current scheme which is being proposed. So, um, the previous schemes um, were granted back in 2013. These were in the form of three separate applications uh, and as stated, these are still being capable of being implemented. The application before us now comprises all three of those applications. So you've got the market units, which are located here, the affordable housing, the play space, and the land which is proposed to be transferred over to the school, and the retention and upgrade of an existing footpath which leads into Rickling Green itself. The proposal is similar in layout, scale, um, the position of the access and the reten retention of the footpath. Um, section 3 within the report on page 38 shows a breakdown of the, each of the uh, units in terms of the number of bedrooms, parking spaces and amenity space. Section 3.4 also shows a breakdown in terms of the heights of the units. So that what has been granted at outline stage uh, as a maximum and also what is currently being proposed as part of this application. I will go through the various um, plots in terms of their um, design. So just briefly, this is plot one and two, three, and it works its way round to plot 14 here. So I'll go through each of the plans. This is what you would see when you will, uh, drive through the access point on uh, Cambridge Road. Plot three, as you uh, come round into the, um, the dogleg-shaped uh, road.
again, as you go through the site, the um, design of the dwellings um, become kind of low-key. You have a row of terraces um, as you come round the bend, which would front on to plots five and six. These have been broken down since the original submission, um, uh, whereby the um, roofs have been dropped and there has been a, a break and more of an articulation to prevent um, the bulk and a mass along the road itself. These are the affordable housing units. Um, again, similar in terms of design um, for in terms of what's been proposed on the other units there. We go back. In terms of the consultee responses that have been received, these are outlined within the report on pages 41 to 46. The principle of the development is con still considered to be acceptable, particularly in light of what has been already granted and capable of being implemented. The scheme proposed will be similar in terms of scale and layout to what has been previously approved, with the bulk and height on plots 1 and 2 being reduced. The proposal would continue to protect and enhance the adjacent conservation area, which backs onto the application site here. There is no detrimental impact considered upon the setting of adjacent um, neighbouring listed buildings due to the size, scale, design and orientation of the proposed units. The existing residential dwellings will be far enough removed from the um, new housing so that there will be no issues in terms of residential or visual amenity. The back-to-back -back distances from the existing properties to those proposed would meet um, in, in accordance with policy. The amenity space and parking also comply. Um, again, as I said, that was broken down within the report. Whilst uh, concern has been raised with regards to landscaping in section 10.14 of the report, this can be addressed through the use of a Grampian condition. Nonetheless, it needs to be noted that there will need to be, this needs to be weighed against the retention of visibility displays in, order, in the interest of pedestrian and highway safety. No highway objection has uh, resulted from this scheme in terms of the impact upon the um, adjacent highway network. It should also be noted, uh, though, that in Section E there is a, uh, an error within the report. Five, five affordable units do not equate to 40% of the total amount. However, this is a resubmission of what has already been approved um, in terms of the numbers of affordable housing units. No ecology or flood risk issues have been raised, therefore approval is recommended subject to a section 106 agreement and the amended heads of terms and conditions as circulated. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you. Um, we have one speaker on this and that's uh, the agent Philip Wright. Thank you, Chairman. You have three minutes. Thank you. Oh, hang on. My name's uh, Philip Wright. I'm the planning well, and design Could you just hold on one moment? Sorry, apologies. Miscommunication on our form here. The Parish Council have put down to speak, and they should go first so that you have the right of reply. So, 
If we can shuffle seats and, and Sorry, whoever is speaking on behalf of the parish council would like to come forward. Uh, you have three minutes, sir. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, in a meeting with uh, Carla Holmes, the parish council were told that the existing permitted uh, scheme was not deliverable. We can't help wondering why this committee would have approved a scheme that was not deliverable. And uh, we can now conclude that the reasons for Carla saying that it's not it's quite simply it doesn't make them enough profit, whereas this one before you now does. Um, the case officer's comments are regarding the conservation area and the design of this scheme are totally at odds with those of the conservation officer, who says, and I quote, uh, the scheme will, uh, for example, bring an ugly street scene further denuding the scheme of any uh, architectural uh, merit, uh, and who also says the totally misunderstood proportions would have an overpowering effect on this very rural locality. Uh, those comments, on the other hand, agree with uh, previous comments made by uh, various case officers when dealing with applications in the village, who have said that it's important to maintain the openness and the open nature of the village, which of course will be substantially lost if this scheme is approved. On behalf of the school, I've been asked to mention that uh, they question um, or would like to see uh, some form of security fencing on the north side of the footpath which will run along the south um, border of the scheme. Uh, they're worried about the safety of the children. Uh, they would ask that fencing uh, on that um, uh, border be six foot close boarded fencing rather than what is existing uh, plastic covered chain link fencing which of course is see through. And while it's adequate on a footpath which isn't, is never used and is overgrown, it would be inadequate on, a, on a, a, a heavily used, hopefully heavily used public footpath. Uh, we would echo the comments from uh, the County Council regarding um, the provision of early years and primary education in the ward of Newport, which is all at capacity. And I can add to that that in Rickling School, at least one year group is over capacity. So we would ask the question, where will children in this development go to school? Uh, on the issue of child safety again, um, we have always been concerned, and we still are, about the location of the uh, playground, the proposed playground. We feel it should be adjacent to the land which will go to the school, so that children don't have to pass between parked vehicles or pass moving traffic in order to get to the playground from the footpath. Uh, on the question of um, housing mix, uh, I have made the point in, in my written submission to have the, the two bedroom houses which were in the original plan, the one which has permission already, have been removed, and, and we feel very strongly that they should be put back into the scheme. Uh, we appreciate that there are two bedroom houses in the affordable housing scheme, or that part of the scheme, but people in Quendon and Rickling, especially young people, simply cannot afford to stay there because we are losing, because of extensions and, and uh, uh, alterations, we are losing two bedroom houses from the village. Uh, and this is an opportunity to introduce some which is going to be missed. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Thank you. Um, Mr Wright, would you like to come back again, please? And you have three minutes. Thank you, Chairman. Carla's detailed planning application seeks to deliver 19 high-quality residential units, of which five are affordable, with three allocated for affordable rents, two for shared ownership. The application includes a number of community benefits, a locally equipped area of play, a large parcel of land to be transferred to Wickling Green Primary School, as well as a dedicated footpath connecting the site to the heart of the village. 
the application replicates the number and tenure of units previously approved in August 2013. Furthermore, the application retains all previously approved community benefits, reinforcing the principle that the development of this, na of this nature is acceptable. In short, Carla's application simply consolidates all three separate applications into one deliverable and viable planning application. With the principle of residential development established, Carla, in consultation with planning officers, have designed a scheme that replicates or sorry, respects the parameters under the outline planning permission as well as being responsive to the prevailing character of the site and its surroundings. The positioning of units, the previously approved ridge heights and eaves heights have all been respected. The architectural design retains the narrative of the previously approved scheme, with Georgian-style farmhouse framing the entrance before leading into a courtyard-inspired development with cottage-style houses and Essex barn houses to the rear. A selective palette of materials, including brick, weatherboarding, and render will result in a well-managed development that respects the site's local vernacular. With, with respect to landscaping, all front and rear gardens meet Essex um, garden standards, providing meaningful space for private amenity, recreation and space for landscaping to flourish. While trees are being removed to facilitate access and plots uh, six to eight, Carla's um, plans show the retention of 14 trees along the western boundary to continue to screen uh, those neighbouring properties. In addition, incidentally, the same level of trees would have had to be removed if we implemented the outline planning permission. Furthermore, landscape enhancements, as Maria Shoesmith has highlighted, has been conditioned and we are looking to work in consultation with the local authority to bolster the landscaping wherever possible. In conclusion, the scheme represents a culmination of detailed design analysis and proactive dialogue with officers. Accordingly, a Section 106 agreement has been agreed with officers to ensure all the delivery of community benefits come forward in one holistic manner. For the reasons above, it is respectfully requested that the members follow the officers' recommendation for approval. Thank you. Thank you. Members, questions and uh, comments, please. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. It's gone out my head. Sorry, I'm having a senior moment, and it will come back. Uh, oh, yes. Well, I, I noticed that there was a contribution to education, um, so I, I think that that has been answered. I actually didn't realise it was three miles away to Newport. didn't think it was as much as that, but uh, I'm not actually sure. Um, yeah, I wanted to say, and I did mention it on site this morning, because I'm never happy when uh, the affordable homes, as we call them, or low-cost housing... Um, Housing Association are out on the periphery this time and, I, and it was explained and I can understand why but it's on the other side of the track so to speak so you go in the road and you turn right and you come to all these nice uh, properties and you turn left and there are these people in the affordable homes and I've never been happy with that and I've always thought that they should be integrated throughout the site and um, I know that you've given me reasons but I can't see why that they couldn't have been integrated uh, along there and uh, so I, I stick to that I, I just don't like them being stuck out there in the corner on their own some and, and sort of never the twain shall meet so I do have a problem with that but that wouldn't make me vote against it on this occasion but I, I just wanted to make a point that perhaps we could, you know, when we are designing these housing estates, we do actually think, uh, you know, in uh, human terms uh, and, and not sort of, it's a bit like having a Rottweiler and a poodle and you put the Rottweiler in a cage and, and the poodle will, you know, be pretty and walk around. I just don't think that's, that's very nice. And I just wanted to make that point. 
Thank you. Uh, Councillor Freeman. Thank you, Chairman. Um, the thing that particularly concerns me, I think, <clears throat> about this, this application is the huge house on the entrance to the site uh, off the main road through Quendon. It will be overbearing. Can, may we see the elevations of those, please? Can you bring them up on screen? Uh, it's site number one, I think. Is that correct? House number one? They're um, a pair of semis. They're plots one and two. Yes, I, it may be a feature of the, um, the way the elevations have been drawn, but... <coughs> it, sorry? It, 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 is, it is a design, yeah. but it is, it is in fact two houses. Okay, well that, that helps, but it doesn't alter the fact that in what is essentially a very attractive village with lots of period properties, you have something that looks like a plastic manor house stuck in the middle of it, and the landscaping will remove some of the screening as a result. It's inevitable. Uh, and so I would very much like to see that unit reduced in its size, overbearing. And it doesn't seem to draw anything on the Essex design guide at all. Uh, it certainly doesn't look like anything else in Quendon, in my view. And I drive through it quite often, cycle through it sometimes. Uh, the other point is I agree with Councillor Lachlan that separating out the affordable uh, or shared ownership houses and putting them to one side is a very bad principle, it's a very bad sociological principle and you may tell me that that's nothing of air business but actually I think it is air business Chairman, we're going to have these houses here for the next 50 years, we need to get them right. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comments? Uh, Mr Taylor. I just wanted to comment on the affordable housing that you two of you have raised, and I think officers would agree with you. The general principle is that we do seek that they are integrated with the, with the development, um, and that's Council's um, adopted policy. Um, this occasion, I think Councillor Lachlan referred or made reference to it, um, the fact that the previous three applications came in separately, so were judged independently, and the five affordable houses were in this location, um, so that's why the design is as it is, because there's a bit of a history to it. But um, as you will see on, on other schemes, um, not, not before you today, but on other schemes that come up, or historic ones, we look at grouping them in tens, perhaps up to 15 um, in a group, and pepper pot it round so they're not contiguous to ensure we have a, a mix of development. So. Uh, Officers completely agree with your stance, but that's the logic on, on this particular occasion. Do I have any other comments or proposals? Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I think that uh, upon reading the last paragraphs of the um, officers' report when they make their recommendations, it does seem to me that this development does comply with most of the requirements that we have. Um, the um, objections that I've heard relate to design of particular houses, and uh, design is a very uh, subjective thing, and beauty is in the eye of the beholder. What's, uh, um, one person will consider unacceptable, others will say, well, that looks very nice. So uh, you, I, I, I think you have to... Um, we, we can't really make a judgment on that basis alone, but in all other ways, this seems to be a, uh, a sustainable development, and I would propose it for acceptance. Thank you. Is there a seconder?
Councillor Mills, would you like to speak on the subject? Yes, just quickly, Chairman. Um, I'm inclined to agree with Councillor Freeman on the proportion on the first property. It just seems like it's, a, it's an image thing whereby something large has been put at the front and everything else has been hidden behind. But notwithstanding that, I think that the rest of the development has been well designed and uh, I think the fenestration and the splitting up of the uh, single units uh, forwards and backwards has been well thought out. Um, I can understand why the low cost is where it is. Uh, and I would also agree with Councillor Lachlan that it should be perhaps we would look at perhaps the semi-detached two units, one and two, moving across with some of the others in future developments. But again, that shouldn't uh, mean that we rule against it in this instance. So I'm happy to support this application. Are you supporting or seconding? I'm seconding. Thank you. We have a proposer and a seconder. Uh, those for the proposal? Thank you, that's unanimous. We move on to uh, page 59, which is uh, Takeley, UTT 15-1036 full. Karen Denmark, I think. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Chairman. This application relates to land adjacent to Enterprise House at Stansted Airport. Um, the proposal relates to the erection of a quality hotel with ancillary facilities, vehicle parking and access. The application site currently forms part of the staff car park. Um, the remaining staff car park lies to the southwest and this will be retained. Um, under permitted development rights, the operator of the airport has um, indicated that they will extend the staff car parking around this area, around um, the control tower. Um, we've got Bassinbourne Road here, Cooper's End Road here, and this is the terminal road north here. Um, you've got Enterprise House here, then the, the terminal is here, and obviously you've got the operational airfield here. Outline planning permission has previously been granted for a hotel on, that, on this site, and it would have had its back to Enterprise House with the front looking down towards the control tower. Um, the revised proposal looks to turn the... Um, hotel round by 90 degrees so it has its front facing Bassinbourne Road. Um, in addition the uh, height of the building would be slightly taller than that set out in the original outline consent mainly due to the presence of plant equipment on the roof. So this is not um, details following the original outline, this is a new full planning application. Um, so the, the hotel would be facing Bassenborn Road. It's proposed to have up to 360 bedrooms and there will be 150 car parking spaces, including 10 disabled spaces. There will be a pedestrian walkway through the site from the staff car park through to Enterprise House to maintain that link. 
and in addition there would be a walkway through here and onto a proposed new um, doesn't form part of this application again under permitted development rights the operator of the airport is proposing to build a um, covered walkway along here up to the terminal and then when you get to the terminal and those of you that are familiar with it there's a big staircase that goes up to terminal level there will be um, a lift going in there so that disabled people or those with um, buggies or trolleys or whatever can get up to terminal level without having to go up that staircase. Um, the proposed hotel would be 24.2 metres in height and um, with the plant equipment taking it to a total height of 26 metres. This shows the street scene. Um, so we've got two different scales here. This one shows the um, control tower. This is the proposed hotel. This is Enterprise House and obviously the terminal. And I think this is the um, it's Radisson, isn't it, that's further down. And this shows it more in close-up. So yes, it is taller than Enterprise House. It's about the same level in height as um, the terminal's fraction higher. Um, the outline application... Uh, related to a hotel of 23.9 metres. So this is about 30 centimetres taller um, or 2 metres 30 centimetres, including the extra plant equipment on the roof. Um, the building would be of modular design and it's proposed to be clad in ceramic granite. Um, the design sort of takes its cues, if you like, from um, Enterprise House and the airport in that they're modular broken down buildings. So it's the same sort of principle here. So this is the front elevation, which would be front in um, Bassingbourne Road. And so we have this covered canopy here. This, this middle section here would be set back. Um, that's the rear elevation. And these are the side elevations. There's no objections from statutory consultees and it's recommended that the application be approved as set out in the um, agenda. Thank you. Uh, we have no speakers on this one, so it's straight to the committee to discuss. Councillor Loughlin. I propose the recommendation. It's no different than anything that's been done there before. Thank you. Is there a seconder? Seconded, Chair. Second. Seconded, Councillor Hicks. Those in favour? Unanimous. Thank you. Thank you. Let's, uh, we move on then to White Roading, UTT 142230. Cool. Page 69. Thank you, Chairman. Um, this application has been well, this particular application has been bouncing around for quite a few years in terms of how the application, but I need to remind members of what the situation is. Uh, there was a site visit this morning and all members did attend. Planning permission was granted in 2012 for this particular site to be um, for the reuse of these very important heritage assets. They're a combination of grade 1s, 2 stars and, two st and grade 2 listed buildings in the Greenbelt. And in 2012, a very important decision was made in terms of that balancing act between whether this was an appropriate development in the Greenbelt, and it was, because the importance in terms of the retention and the reuse of this important heritage asset was considered inappropriate, and the reuse of those buildings as a wedding venue was considered appropriate. So that decision has already been made. 
Members will recall that they came into the main building this morning, which is the main building where most of the action is going to happen in terms of the ceremonies, in terms of the, in terms of the events. That is going to be the main focus of all the, the wedding events. There are other buildings on the site that aren't going to be part of the proposal, and there are other buildings on the site that are going to be used for the overnight accommodation to add as part of the package in terms of a wedding venue. Other parts of the proposals included when members considered the previous application that prior to any development on site, not prior to the use, this new junction arrangement should be placed here and this parallel road should be placed here. Um, you members will have seen that the junction is in place and for the benefit of the neighbours that are in the, play, in, the, in the hall today, we actually left, the coach left along that road today. Um, it's not finished. It's not finished in terms of how the, build, how the road will be once it becomes a wedding venue, but it is there. All conditions on the site have been discharged in terms of the pre-development conditions, and members would have seen that works have started in terms of the extensions to the building. That is absolutely wholly appropriate. There is no breaches of planning control regarding development on the site, but works have started. I think there's general issues in terms of on the site in terms of whether the developer is actually using that for construction traffic, but that's not for this afternoon. That's, that's not part of what the proposal is. The application in front of us is to vary condition 10. To confuse matters, the conditions on the revised conditions have been slightly changed because some conditions have fallen away. Originally, it was allowed that the proposal should be restricted to 80 days activity alone, um, which was only weddings, and there was a restriction on there being 7.30 to 23.30 hours in terms of use on the site. Um, now, that was varied two years back for it to be slightly varied to allow it to allow apart from those staying in the bed and breakfast accommodation because there was, a, there was a, an anomaly originally in the condition which basically said if you were staying in the overnight accommodation you were obviously on the premises before outside those hours so that bit has been tidied up um, and there was an appeal um, and in, terms of, um, in terms of restricting and increasing the hours that appeal was dismissed now, the consideration of that appeal was on the basis of two issues. first issue was in terms of the noise matters, and there was problems regarding the noise survey that wasn't quite right to actually indicate that an extra hour would not cause a problem in terms of disturbance, and as a result of that, it couldn't justify any further days. What the applicant has now done, and the suggested revisions is slightly different, is to allow the increase to be 180 events a year, of which no more than 140 shall include amplified music. And it also extends it to not just be weddings, it could be any birthdays, christenings or whatever, but also allows other events, um, if you, my, my maths is right, 40 events to be... Um, could be um, non, what I call party events, events such as um, corporate events, conferences, that type, of, that type of thing. Obviously, all of them could be used for that, but no more than 140 could be used for, for party type of arrangements, as well as another crack at extending the hours to half past 12 rather than half past 11. A proper noise survey has now been submitted, an up-to-date noise survey that has been uh, revised slightly during the application in consultation with the environmental officer who have now demonstrated that the noise levels uh, coupled with the background noise levels would not be significant between half past 11 and half past midnight with the extra hour 
and has actually suggested additional conditions as well as those that, are, that were originally on there. And for, for, for information, if you members turn to page 77 and 78, conditions 24 to 28 are additional conditions suggested by the Environmental Health Officer, and those conditions have been double-checked with the Conservation Officer to make sure that they don't, uh, don't conflict with her view. Um, condition 28... The wording doesn't quite right, read right, so and, and, uh, for the, for the um, benefit of the committee clerk, I will give them a rewording of this so he doesn't have to knock this down as I speak. But rather than say what it says, I'm going to say notwithstanding the submitted details, the building shall be, uh, before the building is brought into use, we have details of ventilation submitted to, to us to be agreed in writing by the local planning authority. So that will be satisfactory to the environmental health officer and the conservation officer. With those additional conditions, the environmental health officer is content that there will be no effect on amenity by that additional hour's work. In fact, there will be no, additional, there will be no effect on amenity by the uses of that site. By vehicles leaving the site by way of this parallel access, which would be enforced, because it, that, that's the way the proposal would be designed, that they would go out that way, there will be no effect on amenity. As a result, it is questionable whether or not we should be restricting any days on this particular site because it's not a case of a business whereby you've got a noisy activity and within the report I refer to um, motorsport activities which are a noisy activity, we all accept it as a noisy activity and when you're dealing with applications such as that quite often you have restricted days to give respite. Um, there's no respite to give here. Having said that, the applicant has volunteered a restriction in hours. The other part of the scheme was to actually indicate to us that the 80 days that was the current application wasn't a viable proposition for a business to actually be able to invest further investments in terms of the conversion of the building. I think that's a bit of the last bit of the jigsaw that needed to be done. The, app, the council has engaged with an independent consultant on that particular issue who, who has confirmed that the 80 days does not make the scheme viable bearing in mind the amount of works that need to be carried out to the building. So on that basis, it is therefore recommended that the application be varied to be in line with the application, and the application is recommended for approval, Chairman. Thank you, Mr Brown. Um, we've got some speakers here. Our District Councillor, Councillor Lemon. You have five minutes. Thank you, Chairman. I don't think I should take five minutes, but uh, <clears throat> I hope that all members have seen a copy of the um, inspector's uh, report. Um, and I'm afraid, really, little has changed. The noise impact from 180 days of events would be considerably more than, eight, than, the, than the 80. And the conclusion that 140 days of amplified music, traffic, guest noise would not produce more disturbance than 80 days is to say the least difficult to believe, especially in view of the inspector's comments in his report and also being in a very rural area. On the extension of hours, um, it would be noticeable because the aircraft stopped flying at about half past 11, so that noise, background noise, would be taken away, so it would all be noise from the... Thing. 
If all the 180 events take place, this would result in several events a week. Uh, If they had weeks where they didn't have any, you could get three or four events a week taking place. And given the context of the site, the effect of this increase in the level of activity would be very, very significant. The inspector clearly stated that a restriction to the extent of use permitted including the hours of use and the number of events, which is 80, that is not unreasonable. And I still feel that still holds. It is not unreasonable. The inspector concluded that the proposed alteration to Condition 10 would be inappropriate and would not accord with Uttlesford Local Plan 2005, Policies Gen 2 and Gen 4 which seek to protect the living conditions of local occupiers. And it would also not meet the aims of paragraph 7 of the local national planning framework. I feel little has changed since the appeal in June 2014. And in view of that, it is difficult to see that this huge increase in events will not produce more noise, more traffic more people. Disturbance is not just amplified music. There's a lot of other things that cause disturbance. So I just ask um, uh, members to bear this in mind and ask you to reject this application. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Lemon. Uh, We have uh, Richard Marriage, a supporter. And you will have three minutes. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, I expect you're all wondering why I'm carrying this great big tome about with me today. Um, this is a copy lent to me of Morant's History of Essex from 1816, which lists the owners of Coville Hall back to the 1400s. This is the history we're talking about and trying to preserve, i.e. something that both Wright Roading and Duttlesford can be proud of. We originally bought Coville Hall and the organic farm as part of it, as our home, not our business. We both have our own businesses, I am a farmer, and it is where we intend to stay for the remainder of our lives. After living there for a while, we consulted Uttlesford and English Heritage as to what use the barns could be up to in order to restore them and to keep them for future generations. The only use English Heritage would countenance was the use as a venue for weddings, etc., thereby keeping the buildings all under one control. So with advice, we applied for planning permission to do just that. Even after applying for planning permission, the parish council never even bothered to come and talk to us about our proposals, which we find amazing considering where we applied everywhere else. One thing also to consider is the fact that permission was for the works on some of the barns, and the fact that there are four more barns including on the site, including the Grade 1 listed courthouse, which you all saw this morning, which we do need to keep and have ongoing maintenance costs for. The new access road is to stop the possible disturbance to our two closest neighbours, and the sound control devices to be installed in the venue should cause no problems, either as far as sound disturbance as confirmed by the Environmental Health Officer. Last year we received permission for an extension on the house, 
and the contractors have been using the existing road as do the majority of the farm traffic. We do not feel that asking for more days, longer hours and different activities would greatly affect the amenity of the local area. And finally, ironically my wife, who deals with the blind and partially sighted, has a good relationship with Saffron Sight, one of the local charities. And it seems strange to us that we cannot have a charity do at Colville Hall to support this charity unless, of course, we put a veil on one of the guide dogs. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr Marriage. Uh, we have an objector, Mr Mark Bolden. You have three minutes. Good afternoon, councillors. Uh, we strongly oppose any change to Condition 10 for the following reasons. We now enter the fourth year of objecting to Colville Hall wedding development and to the third attempt to vary this condition of increasing venues from 80 to 180 and extending the operating time to half past 12 at night. We believe these are just cynical attempts to circumvent the planning regulations. The first attempt uh, the application was withdrawn. The second attempt was once again approved by the planning officer but rejected by the planning committee by eight votes to nil. The applicants appealed to the planning inspectorate who dismissed it in June 2014. The inspectorate was very critical of the whole appeal document submitted attempting to change condition 10. It stated it is not in accordance with the policies Gen 2, Gen 4 of the Uttersfield Plan 2005. Some other notable remarks were, I consider that the effect of this increase in the level of activity would be materially significant. She also stated, I conclude that the potential harm that would result to the living conditions of neighbouring occupiers and the detrimental impact on the character of the area, it would significantly and demonstrably outweigh the cumulative benefits of this scheme. One month after the appeal decision was dismissed, we received this current application 2230. This is strikingly similar to the previous application, dismissed so overwhelmingly by the planning inspectorate. Due to its similarity, I ask the committee to consider the provision under section, uh, 70A, section 3, subsection A of the Town and Country Planning Act in declining this current application for the reason that it is substantially similar to the previous one. The original permission was for 80 venues per year and all attempts to alter this number have been rejected and are now sure, uh, surely exhausted. It was rejected by the previous council committee, the planning inspectorate and many local residents. I find it unbelievable that the latest officer's report submitted is correct and valid and all our views, including the inspectorate, are wrong. The officers have heavily supported this scheme since day one. We don't understand why. In conclusion, I ask the applicants to simply get on with their project of 80 venues, stop wasting people's time and expense with further applications. Or alternatively, you can reapply for planning permission for the wedding venue, but this time supply the full facts from day one for them to be challenged and properly scrutinised. If this had been done from the outset, I do not believe the original permission would have been granted. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Kratz. Finally, we have uh, the agent Philip. Uh, sorry, that was Mr. Bolden. Thank you, Mr. Bolden. Finally, we have the agent Philip Kratz, please. Uh, 
Thank you, Mr Chairman and Members. Um, over the course of the coming year, the members of the committee will realise that planning is really very simple. Um, you look at the principle of what's being asked for and then you look at the details. Now, to some extent, of course, the principle of today's um, application has already been established. As your officers have explained to you, um, this, uh, ap this proposal has some history and it was uh, part of a well-considered and an awful long time in the gestation proposal to find a beneficial use to put um, a very um, beautiful set of historic listed buildings, fantastic heritage assets into such use and to ensure not only their immediate um, renovation but a long-term vested interest in looking after them forever. Now, in that context, the committee uh, granted the planning permission in 2012, but it wasn't part of that application that the uh, events be limited to 80 days. That happened on the hoof um, at the committee. And, of course, what happened, uh, as ever, if you act in haste, you sometimes repent at leisure, because the level of investment necessary for these clearly could not be paid for if the um, events were to be um, hamstrung in that way. There was another typographical, in effect, issue, ambiguity arising from the application, which was limiting it to weddings only, and so my law firm's corporate away days, the council's corporate away days, they couldn't go there and have a totally benign event, possibly. That's amb ambiguous. And what this application seeks to do is to uh, remove that ambiguity and to make sure the scheme is viable. Um, to some extent, the local district councillor and Mr Bolden have stolen my thunder because I too was going to quote from the dismissed appeal. Because the dismissed appeal wasn't a go forth and multiply, it was a I don't have enough evidence. And that was because what had happened was the original evidence used to support the original application was recycled into it. And uh, she, it wasn't a he, but the inspector um, commented on this, said that she noted that the report was um, beneficial and benign. She noted that there were no objections for environmental health, but then she queried some of the technical details in the report. And what has happened and why it's taken nearly a year for this application to come here is that that acoustic report has been honed, refined, absolutely been made into an exemplar of such a report and it is now absolutely bulletproof and with no ambiguity whatsoever. And that is why your officers have made the comments they have that in absolute pure terms, if it did come before you today for the first time with that information, it would be difficult to restrict the number of days at all and the number of hours sought, which reflects the industry standard and indeed all other 37 wedding venues in the area, um, it would be difficult to justify that. Nonetheless, we feel that we've um, justified our approach and we're willing to have the constraints put upon the site. Thank you, members. Thank you, Mr. Kratz. Members, your comments, please. Um, Councillor Laughlin. Thank you. Well, remembering that if we refuse this, we will have to uh, do an appeal, and we would have to have jolly good reasons uh, to refuse it, uh, that we would win an appeal. And I, and I don't think we have. I, I really do believe, and I'm looking at Gen 4 now, and I, and I can see that the Environmental Health Officer has no problems with it. And, and I think if we do refuse it, we'd have very uh, uh, difficult time defending our appeal. So I'm very happy to uh, support or recommend this application. So is that a second? Sorry.
recommend well, the proposal. Was that a proposal? You're oh, sorry, yes, I will recommend the proposal. You're proposing. Thank you. I don't have you on the list. Um, could you just bear with me a moment? You can come forward and speak if you wish. Thank you. The agent might wish to come back to respond if necessary. Could we have your name, sir? Yes, I'm David Edwards, the parish councillor of White Roading Parish Council. I've come here today to largely agree what's already been said by the uh, parish councillor and by Mark Baldwin, who is a close neighbour of Colville Hall. Sadly, we've all been here before. Planning permission was narrowly granted by this committee in 2012. Now three years ago, with Condition 10 incorporated to protect the peace and quiet of the village. Every year since then, the applicants have applied for a variation of this condition. A further appeal to the Planning Inspectorate was dismissed. A recent wedding at the venue with numerous traffic movements and considerable noise has proved the need for this condition. And it must be obvious that if you have nearly three times the events, there will be nearly three times the noise. A header on the planning webpage states, the public consolation period for this application has ended. We are no longer accepting comments from the public on this application. Yet the applicants can apparently come back time and time again. Condition 10 is based on the applicant's original planning application and their business plan. Now again, we are told they got their sums wrong. Was the original business plan a spread to catch a mackerel? The applicants knowing that if honest figures were submitted originally, the applicant would have been refused. Application would have been refused. There are numerous other wedding venues in the area, none, so far as I'm aware, as close to other residential properties as this one, in a very quiet area. On behalf of the White Roading Parish Council and the local residents, particularly those living in Colville Cottages, I trust this application will be rejected for the final time and the applicants encouraged not to come back with further requests. The Parish Council strongly objects to the proposal to vary Condition 10, and I would personally add that some 30% of homeowners in the village objected to the original planning application. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, would Mr. Kratz like to come back again and answer some of those points? To correct the factual, in, uh, factual inaccuracies, thank you, Chairman. Um, there was no business plan which supported the original application because it was never in question. So there was no business plan with that. And far from reusing the business plan and the noise uh, consultant's report, uh, which accompanied either the original application or indeed the one that was appealed, there's only been one application previously to the Council to vary this condition, of course, since 2012. Um, that 
was simply the original information recycled. There was no business plan. This time around, there is not only a full business plan, there are reams of um, financial information to support it, the sort of information which, as an agent, I'd normally say, please don't put it into the public domain, but we have. Everything is there. And in terms of the proximity to neighbouring properties, of the 30 of the, er, 37 of that are in the um, near vicinity wedding venues, I would estimate that over two-thirds of them are actually embedded within residential areas, and they don't have these sorts of restrictions imposed. And you don't need to go far locally. You need to go to the White Roading Sports and Social Club to see um, how... Uh, a sort of venue that can accommodate that sort of event can actually live with its neighbours. And we are confident on the basis of the professional reports that in this case it is perfectly possible to live cheek by jar with these. It's apparent how close they are on the plan, but these neighbouring residential properties. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Kratz. Councillor Laughlin, have you any change of mind on your proposal? No, none at all. Nobody goes into business to fail, and, and I'm very afraid as well that if uh, these barns aren't put into use, they will deteriorate and fall down and we'll lose them forever. Uh, as I said, if it hadn't been for the Environmental Officer's report, then I may have a different opinion. But, uh, and there are mitigation measures which are in, in the report, so we have to point to my iPad, uh, that you know, and everything is done or being done to mitigate the noise. So, uh, no, I'm not going to change my mind. I still uh, recommend uh, the application. The, you know what I mean. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Mr. Fairhurst, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, I'd like to second that for a start. Um, I think we, we're dealing with two very salient issues here. The first is. Um, we all should be aware of, of progress and growth of the economy, and that has to be set, set against the, the, the costs and the compromises made in a society. Um, the second issue, which is probably more pressing, is, is, is the question of preservation of historic and heritage um, sites. Um, I think we all agree, and we saw it today, um, the, the, the re um, restoration and preservation of that site is going to be very expensive. It's a considerable investment. Um, and I think that the, the continued preservation of it, maintenance of it, is not going to be cheap. So it's already a serious, a substantial challenge for, for the investors and for the business people to, to embark on such a thing. And I think we ought to, to encourage them as far as we can. But let's not forget that if it is preserved and if it is maintained, there's an opportunity for all, all of us to share in the, 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 the economic spoils of, of a vibrant business and also to share in the site itself. It is yet another venue and another opportunity for us to do things. So I think it's something we really should encourage rather than be negative about. Thank you. Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I'm in um, some confusion. I, I was under the same impression as Mr. Edwards from um, White Roading uh, in his statement that he thought the original um, figures with regard to the number of events per year um, was in fact part of the applicant's original submission, but the um, agent has contradicted that. Can I ask for officer confirmation as to which is the um, true situation on that? What the agent said was correct. I mean, originally it was a, it was a good old-fashioned planning discussion at the very beginning in terms of Greenbelt versus heritage. 
as well as there was discussions about access. So there was no business plans originally submitted. When the second application was submitted, um, they indicated an attempt to try to demonstrate that it wasn't viable to... Uh, it wasn't viable on the, current, on the current one, and that was not a business plan. It was a submission. It was a spreadsheet, to, be, to want of a better word, to indicate why it wouldn't, why it wouldn't work. So, but it was not a business plan. It is not until this application that we've had a full-blooded um, um, tone of a, of, a, of, a, of a business plan. Councillor Hicks. Uh, can I come back on that? Um, so, in fact, you're saying that the original figure of... Um, 80 events per annum, um, which was, was in fact suggested as something, not as something which would be a viable proposition, but as something which wouldn't be a viable proposition. Is that, is that the suggestion? I don't think it was put forward as a viable or unviable. It was just put forward as a, as a, as a figure uh, in terms of, and I think the way, count, the way Mr. Kratz put it, it was mentioned by the applicant, and I think that was, that was bounced around as part of the discussion. But I, there was no science or viability discussion around it, so in terms of whether it would be viable or not. Councillor Riles. Mr. Chairman. Um, I'm having a bit of difficulty with the uh, viability aspect of this. I mean, surely, um, if one goes into business, one looks at the costs, startup, etc. Um, and the fact that it doesn't seem to be that there's an absence of a business plan right from the word go, yet you do have approval here for 80 days uh, events. Um, I, I, I'm really struggling that um, we should not necessarily be getting into the realms of viability. Yes, I'm sure approval was given because we want to preserve the buildings, which makes perfect sense. Um, and I think even if you do reduce the number from 180 events uh, to 140 with music, that's still an awful lot of traffic to the site. And we've already seen so far that I don't think um, that the, the new road has been used to its fully, fullest uh, uh, extent. So as far as I'm concerned, I would vote against this. Thank you. Councillor Chambers. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I'd like to uh, agree with Councillor Riles. I have serious concerns about this. Um, I do remember it many years ago when I went to have a look at it and lovely old buildings and what have you. But if you put forward something like this where you are giving permission for 80 days, then if it's not viable, then you wouldn't have gone ahead with it in the first place. It doesn't seem to me. If you're going into business then you go into business to make money. And the idea of was obviously to make money to put on the buildings. But the way I look at what's actually happened here now, it seems to me as though it started off as a sort of an idea with not a lot of thought, not a lot of research, not very good business sense, and they're now beginning to realise that what they put forward wasn't right in the first place, and they're trying to, to go around it a different way. And I do not think that, and when I look on here and it says in here about the noise, yes, all right, the noise from the extra hour from half past 11 to half past 12 maybe wouldn't make that much difference because the noise is already there. But to actually say about here going up to 140 venue, that is double what it was in the, nearly double what it was in the first place, I don't think is, is acceptable, and I'm very sorry, but I will vote against this proposition. Mr Brown. Can I just clarify this issue about viability? I think there's viability, although it's 
all they needed to demonstrate is that 80 isn't viable. But the, 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 the last bit of what Councillor Chambers has just said is the critical issue. It's the impact of those additional, the additional, the additional hour doesn't make a lot of difference. That has now been demonstrated. But by allowing them doubling the days does not double the noise. It is double, doubling the nails of time you're going to get to the existing level of noise. And the existing level of noise has been demonstrated by the Environmental Health Officer that there wouldn't be an impact on amenity. So we're not doubling the amount of noise, we're doubling the amount of impact from the proposal, which is doubling no effect on amenity. Although Councillor Riles' comments about the axes is an issue which, which members need to take into account, but the, that road isn't there, and we're talking about the impact from the proposal. I think the viability issue is, what, is a rabbit hole that we've all chased ourselves into, because it isn't viable on 80. It, when it was proposed, it was a planning discussion, and, I, and the 80 days came out of a suggestion by the applicant and a discussion with the committee. There was no science around that, and this is why we are having this discussion now. Although there is proposal, there is activities going on site in terms of extending the building. There's a lot more work that needs to go onto that site. So the applicant is clearly making a decision to actually make whether or not before they continue to make it a viable business and they've had to, I think, more than they've, they've done more than they need to have done or they need to show it wasn't viable on 80. And I think that's almost a, should be taken that it's not viable on 80, bear in mind the work is taken. So, but members need to be concentrating on the effect on amenity, not getting too caught up on the viability issues, although the, the principle at the very beginning was the preservation of this heritage assets. I have Councillor Chambers, Mark Mills and then Riles. Thank you, Chairman. I'm sorry, Chairman. I, I, I hear what Mr Brown says, but I still come back to it. It seems to me very amateurish, and that may not be correct in speaking at planning meetings. I don't know whether it is or not. But I do feel, and Mr Taylor shaking his head, so I'm wrong, I feel very strongly that they have permission here to have 80 days... I have no problem with going the hours of that from 11.30 to 12.30, but I do have a sincere problem with going from 80 to 140 days, and 180 days in total, I think is totally against what most people in that particular area would want. Would you want it on your back step, doorstep? You think about it. Councillor Mills. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, I'm uh, in agreement there with uh, Robert. I think that um, the effect of an increase from 80 to 180 has to be substantial. Um, I, I understand what you're saying as far as the noise uh, levels, but the fact is that it will be happening for four or five nights a week instead of two. Um, you know, whereas something was a weekend venue, it is now no longer a weekend venue. Therefore, it has to have an effect. Um, and I come back to uh, Mr Krantz and saying that the original application was well considered. Um, one has to ask the question, if it was well considered, then it should have considered this in the first place. And therefore, they should cut their cloth accordingly. Um, the development can be adjusted and um, made viable either by increased costs or by um, less development. I'm, I'm in favour of preserving our heritage and everybody else in this room, I'm sure, is. But... Um, there has to be a limit to what we allow, and uh, that's my opinion. Thank you. Councillor Riles and then Councillor Laughlin. Mr Chairman, I, I think uh, Councillor Mills has adequately covered it, um, and I'm just going to over, over 
over uh, same ground really. I don't see what viability has got to do with this. I think now it's about the impact on everybody else around and the number of uh, transactions, if you like, of people going backwards and forwards up to 180. I don't think it's acceptable. Councillor Laughlin and then Councillor Freeman. Well, I'm not here to be a bank manager to, know, to say whether a business is going to fail or succeed. I'm going by the amenity and the officer's report and the environmental health because they are one of the things, well, especially the environmental health report, because I always read those very carefully. Um, but I wonder, and there's only a suggestion, and it may not be right, if we actually go on another site visit, because what we didn't do today, we only saw a couple of houses on the way in, we didn't see any other neighbouring houses because, I, because there weren't any, not that I could see. So perhaps if we were to defer it and go on another site visit so we could see what this impact may have on, on neighbours, what about that? You know, I saw, I saw a couple as we came down the road, which isn't going to be used uh, for access, the other one will be. Uh, so, uh, you know, is that okay? Is that, is that a formal proposal? Well, I'll propose that if anyone will... No, no, it doesn't seem to... But, but, but what it was, it, well, it was a question. It was a question. Yes. Sorry? You've made a formal proposal for another well, I'm, site. I'm just saying that when we went to the site visit this morning, we drove straight into the site. We did not see impact on those, only the few that when we initially drove down, um, and they were the only two we saw. And we've got people here from the parish councils uh, and, uh, saying that it will impact on people locally. But what people? Because we didn't see those houses. I just wondered if we weren't on a site visit, would we see more? So... If it helps, if it helps the committee, I'll propose it. But I was getting nods of head, so it may not. It may go down like a lead balloon. But I will propose it. Yes. <laughs> I need a seconder for that. There being no seconder, um, I now move on to Mr. Freeman, Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, both Councillor Lachlan and I served. Uh, on the licensing committee when we were re-licensing every licensed premises in Uttlesford. Uh, and there was great concern at that time that the licensing hours, which were going to be extended massively, uh, on paper at least, uh, by publicans, that this would result in a change in life as we know it. Uh, in fact, it made no difference to anything at all because most publicans don't want to keep open until 2 o'clock in the morning. They haven't got the staff and they can't stay awake. Uh, it's useful to have the facility occasionally to do that without having to apply for our license. But it's there if you need it. And I doubt very much whether they will use all of their 180 days or whatever it is they're asking for. Um, it's an awful lot and there's only 52 weekends in the year and people tend to get married over weekends. So... Uh, I, I suspect that um, it's not the increase in numbers will not be a massive factor. It doesn't greatly concern me. Councillor Lodge. Thank you. 
First of all, I didn't support Councillor Lockley's proposal because I, I did have a good look and I had my, I had my Google Maps out at the time. There's, no, there's nothing else anywhere near within, within many hundreds of yards, if, if not more, yes, yes. Uh, and I, I, I feel overall that uh, whilst, whilst I have sympathy with the, with, with the residents nearby, there are very few people there. I think this is the kind of business that, that we do want to support um, in the district. I think it should be given a chance. Um, and one thing, I was particularly impressed with the, um, the, the new road and the, the planting which had been done between the new road and the houses. So I think eventually I hope it will settle into a, uh, a, a use of practice where the, the, the route past the houses will, uh, will not be used so that people will uh, access then from um, a road which is purpose-built and which is very well protected for those houses. So on that basis, I would support this initiative. Thank you, Councillor Lodge. Well, we have a proposer and we have a seconder. Uh, can I see a vote now, please? Those in favour? Those against? This is therefore passed. Thank you. Right, we now go on to item UTT 150972, full, Great Hallingbury, page 81. Thank you. Right, this application relates to land south of the Dunmo Road, which is the B1256 at Great Hallenbury. Um, just to the west here is the existing um, industrial estate. And um, planning permission has previously been granted for all of the land marked in blue. Uh, for new industrial units and um, there would have been three blocks block A along here, block C along here and block B here um, there's a thatched cottage here uh, which is a listed building it's open fields around here um, they've got a, a dwelling here and this is their garden here there's a footpath runs down the side here and you've got the flitchway that runs along the ends here this proposal relates to Block B. So this is what was previously approved um, in terms of Units A and C. And this seeks to amend Unit B. Um, now, previously, it would have been two units, um, one building, but split into two units, which would have had 905 square metres of B2, B8 floor space each and 96 square metres of B1 floor space upstairs. And this revised proposal relates to a single unit of 2,310 2, square metres of B2, B8 floor space with 260 square metres of B1 floor space upstairs. Um, this is in response to um, market requirements because the site's being marketed um, at the moment and um, so the, the feedback that the agents have had is that the two units that have been approved don't meet the um, demands of the market but this unit would. Um, 
there would be 22 parking spaces around the building. Uh, you've got the service area here, and um, there's no uh, objections raised by the statutory consultees. The increase in size of the building um, is just purely in length. It's not increasing it in height. Um, so these are the elevations of Unit B. And this shows it in the street scene. So you can see Unit A, uh, sorry, Unit C at the back of the um, the uh, site um, and unit B is lower, taking into account the listed building on the opposite side of the road to try and minimise its impact on that. Um, there is a requirement for a section 106 because the previous consent had a section 106 on it. The um, obligations for that need to be transferred to any new consent um, and I was handed the completed agreement just before the meeting so that's all signed and ready to go if you were to approve the application. So the application is recommended for approval as set out in the agenda. Thank you. Um, we have no speakers on this one uh, so straight to the committee. Councillor Laughlin again. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting a sore throat today. Yeah, I'll uh, propose a recommendation. Nothing to say. Thank you. Seconder. Councillor Fairhurst? Seconded. Those in favour? Thank you. That's carried. We now move on to Flitch Green, UTT 15133 full. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. The next item on today's agenda is for the land, uh, the site known as land off Taunton Road in Flitch Green. Uh, the site comprises currently an undevelopment parcel of land uh, which extends both sides of Taunton Road, which you can highlight here. Um, it runs north of Stepping Brook. Stepping Brook divides the site through here. Um, it's primary school and community facilities to the east of the site. And the site extends across to the south of uh, the brook itself and behind the dwellings in Stansted Road itself here. Planning permission is sought to remove condition 17 that was imposed on planning permission UTT 14 which was a hybrid application that included a uh, outline scheme for 98 dwellings within the coloured area here and sports facilities and auxiliary pitches um, including car park and pavilions and also a natural recreational reserve to the south of the brook. Condition 17 states that the compensatory storage scheme shall be completed to the specification demonstrated in drawing number 021009 within the submitted flood risk assessment which is demonstrated here. This was basically put on or imposed as part of the planning uh, decision to um, provide flood mitigation measures to some sports pitches. Um, in relation to why it was imposed, it's important to look back 
at the original application was granted consent back in 2009, sorry, it was presented to members, recommended for approval, but then later uh, refused by the committee and later dismissed at an appeal. This basically in fact showed a residential scheme north of the brook with the sports fields and pitches and ancillary buildings to the south. Consequently, because of the refusal and dismiss scheme, uh, the application was resubmitted back in 2009, showing the sports fields and pitches north of the brook. However, by mistake, um, condition 17 was imposed on the most recent application as it was carried over as a recommendation from the refused application back in 2009. As no sports pitches and associated uh, pavilion facilities or car parking are south of the brook now, it's regarded that the need to impose condition 17 is not required. Officers Versforth consider that the imposing of the condition on the grant of permission is both not necessarily and unreasonable, failing to meet the guidance of the test for imposing conditions set out in the framework. It is therefore recommended that planning permission being granted with the same conditions have with condition 17 been removed. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Thank you. Um, and on this one, we have no, no uh, speakers. So again, it's over to the, over to the uh, members. Oh dear. Shall I let somebody else have a go? <laughs> yeah, Councillor Fairhurst, you've got your hand up first. I propose it be accepted. Thank you. And we are seconder. Councillor Laughlin seconded it. Can we go to the vote then? Those in favour? Thank you. That's carried. We now go on to uh, UTT 150684 full Clavering. Thank you, Chair. The application site comprises a two-storey detached dwelling located within development limits in Clavering. This application relates to the pro proposed demolition of the existing dwelling and the erection of a replacement dwelling. This application has been revised to omit the cart lodge that was previously proposed to be sited in front of the dwelling. The proposed development is considered to be of acceptable size, scale and design and in keeping with the pattern of surrounding development. The proposal will have no detrimental impact on the amenity of neighbouring residents. The applicant has demonstrated that there is off-road parking provision in accordance with the adopted alternative parking standards and the rear garden exceeds the recommended standard recommended by the Essex Design Guide. The proposal is considered to be acceptable in accordance with relevant Uttlesford local plan policies are recommended for approval. Thank you. We have uh, the agent, Chris Hennam. You have three minutes. Thank you. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Christopher Hennam from Pelham Structures. The agent's acting on behalf of the owner. As you are aware, the application looks to replace an existing dwelling of poor quality and appearance with a new property of more suitable design that enhances the existing street scene. We note that as part of the application process, 22 neighbours were consulted and that only one objection was re received from the relatively new house to the west of the site. From this, we can only assume that the principle of a replacement dwelling is well received. 
The objection stated that the footprint of the proposed dwelling would be out of keeping with other local residential buildings and that a house would, the house would extend beyond the building line. It went on to state that the location of the proposed cart lodge was beyond the building line and that an existing ditch would reduce the usable size of the plot. Noting these concerns, we would comment as follows. <clears throat> we accept the proposed property would be larger than the existing. However, we agree with the planning officer's report that this is acceptable given that the existing dwelling could be heavily extended under current permitted development rights. We are also of the opinion that the design and scale of the dwelling is in keeping with the local vernacular and respectful to both the existing two-storey property that neighbours the site, along with the, relent along with the recently approved dwelling at Pond Cottage, which is located two plots down. Again, as the planning officer's report states, we have designed the dwelling to respect the adjacent properties and agree that the design provides an appropriate transition between the existing two-storey and single-storey neighbouring houses, whilst also being sympathetic with the group as a whole. We would also agree with the planning officer's conclusion that although the dwelling is set slightly forward, it follows the existing curvature of the road and remains broadly in line with the neighbouring properties. With regards to the proposed cart lodge, a revised drawing has been issued removing this from the application. Finally, the existing ditch on site will not impinge on the dwelling and its usage. As stated in the planning officer's report, the dwelling will sit comfortably within the plot, with the rear garden alone being three times the recommended minimum. The proposal will provide an attractive and well-designed property in keeping with the local vernacular and will enhance the existing street scene. <clears throat> it would appear that all parties agree that there is no issue with the replacement dwelling in principle and the design and scale of the proposed replacement dwelling is in keeping with the neighbouring properties. I therefore ask the committee to support the officer's recommendation for approval. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, members. Councillor, uh, Councillor uh, Chambers. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Uh, Mr Chairman, uh, I would just uh, like to say that I do not disagree with what the officers are putting forward. It is happening in various different places. Uh, it's totally within planning guidance as far as I know, uh, and I would propose approval. We have a proposal. Is there a seconder? Seconded, Chairman. Seconded, Councillor Hicks. Uh, Councillor Fairhurst, did you want to speak? Any other ones who want to speak? If not, we'll go straight to the vote. Those in favour? Unanimous. That's passed. We move on then to uh, the next item, which is Great Dunmo UTT 150740, full. That's Lindsay Trevelyan again. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. The uh, next application on today's agenda is the uh, site known as Unit 4 Zone A Chelmsford Road Industrial Estate in Dunmo. The application site is located within the Chelmsford Industrial Estate within the town of Great Dunmo. Specifically, the site is located on the northern boundary of the estate, backing onto the residential properties located with Buckingham Court. Located on the site currently is a double-storey building that is split into two individual bays. The building is currently vacant, although it has a lawful industrial use. Ancillary off-street parking is located on the hard-standing areas to the frontage and to the side currently. Planning permission is sought for the change of use of part of the existing building, specifically Bay 1 and the front 
sort of office area here at the moment, from industrial to D2 assembly and leisure for the purposes of a gymnasium. The proposed change of use will not result in any external alterations to the building, however some minor modifications to the internal space are required to accommodate the new use. It is proposed that the gym will only have a maximum of four clients at any one time that will be used for one-to-one -one personal or group training sessions. It is also proposed to sell or distribute health and medical products ancillary to the gym itself. In relation to the proposal itself, officers consider that the new change of use would maintain employment within the site, although be it of a different use, it would ensure that the viability and vitality of the industrial state and the town of Great Dunmo is sustained. The proposal would not cause harm to the design and appearance of the existing building. The proposal will not cause harm to the detrimental of highway safety and the amount and size of car parking bays will comply with the adopted parking standards. It is also considered that the proposal itself will not result in any harm to the amenities of adjoining neighbours. Officers therefore consider that the proposal is in accordance with both national and local policy and is recommended for approval subject to conditions. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we have the agents, one of the Pembertons. Is it Oliver or? Thank you. got three minutes. Thank you, councillors. Um, as you said, my name is Oliver Pemberton and I'm the applicant for the change of use for this unit. Um, what we are applying for is a small group personal training gym. This point is very important because we are not a typical D2 gymnasium. Our business is Unique Fitness. We offer a more personal approach to exercise and well-being. This consists of a personal trainer running every session but maybe up to a maximum of four clients in each session. This will be in a group session. We offer a unique concept that separates us from the other local gyms within the community. We believe that this increases the demand for a business like ours. There will also be a maximum number of spaces available for each session, allowing us to control the amount of people within the site. Um, over the past two years, we've been searching for an appropriate premises that fits all of our business requirements. However, we've viewed numerous properties um, and haven't found one yet that fits um, our needs until now. Bay 1 is ideal um, for our proposed business in terms of its open floor plan space, um, the location on a popular business estate close to the Dumbo Town Centre, and also that it has uh, on-site parking. We are aware that a neighbouring unit is concerned with the change of use due to uh, the communal parking on the estate being quite full. However, as I mentioned previously, there will only be four clients on the estate at one time. The sessions also run for only 55 minutes, allowing enough time for members to leave the gym before the next four clients come in for their session. Um, the gym itself will also be closed between 11am and 4pm, as this time will be used um, for previously booked in health appraisals and guest visits throughout the day on a one-to-one -one basis. Um, we will also look to employ a total of six members of staff. However, it is highly unlikely that more than two members will be on the site at any one time. The yard, which is shared by Bay 2, um, is currently has 14 allocated car parking spaces. And in addition to this, there is room for three spaces to the side of the unit where there is currently a loading bay and we would not need use of this, so we proposed that we could, the staff could use these car parking spaces. 
Um, we also propose that there is sufficient room for up to 19 car parking spaces, adding an extra five that there currently is. Um, whilst, uh, sorry, furthermore, the majority of the business units surrounding Unit 4 close at 5pm on weekdays, and due to the very nature of gyms, evenings are peak times, which means there will be limited impact to the industrial estate regarding um, traffic flow and the par parking in the surrounding area. Um, finally, we are looking at um, offering reward schemes for members who walk or cycle to the gym. Um, this would hopefully give them an incentive to leave their cars at home whilst also helping to promote a healthy and active lifestyle. Uh, we hope you view our case in a positive manner and give us the opportunity to give back to the community that myself and my brother Aidan have um, grown up in. Um, we believe that unique fitness will be an added benefit to the community in terms of both employment and the promotion of a healthy and active lifestyle. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Uh, members, your comments please. Councillor Chambers. I'd just like to uh, propose approval, Mr Chairman. We have a proposer, a seconder. Councillor Riles. Mr Chairman, yeah, I approve. Let's second it. Seconded, Councillor Riles. Those in favour? That's passed. Um, may I suggest a five-minute comfort break for members? Could we do this one first? Oh, <coughs> sorry, just one, we've got a very quick quickie here. Um, we'll just go on to UTT 1503774, full, and I'd ask, uh, uh, I'd ask Mr. Brown to speak to us on this, please. Thank you, Chairman. No, don't worry, this will be straightforward. I think I made an error here. I, I was anticipating and I was hoping that we would do a member site visit regarding this application. I missed it off the list. And so, and, and I feel I would recommend, we're not going to make a habit of this, but I'm going to make a recommend that we actually defer this one for a site visit for the following meet, for the meeting, because the nature of the case probably needs it. Yeah. I so propose. Is there a seconder? Um, Councillor Chambers, just. Um, all in favour? That's unanimous and comfort break.
I think we've all returned. So we'll move straight on then to UTT, uh, UTT 150782HHF, Quendon and Rickling. Thank you, Chairman. The application is located within the development limits of um, Quendon Rickling Green and within the conservation area. Um, it's slightly further up from the site uh, that we had dealt with earlier. Oh, um, the application is for the proposed first floor rear and side extensions, um, the creation of um, dormer windows to the front and rear elevations, um, the insertion of a roof light to the rear and a new porch to the front of the dwelling. If I show you um, what the property looks like, um, as you can see it's set back from the main road um, which runs here uh, and behind the properties and new properties which are located further south. Um, this is what the current um, bungalow looks like, uh, this being the front elevation with two single storey side elements either side and the rear elevation here. Again, this is the floor plan. If I go quickly to the elevation of what's being proposed, what is being proposed is, um, as I said, the um, insertion of two front dormer windows, an open front porch here, a first floor um, side element upon the existing uh, single storey side, uh, which exists at the moment. Um, as you can see, it's set back from the front there. At the rear elevation there will be a jetted first floor element which would provide an extended bedroom, uh, the insertion of two further dormer windows to the rear and the roof light there. The representations that have been received um, are highlighted within the report on pages 134 and 135. The proposed extensions um, are considered to be subordinate to the main dwelling. The roof in itself won't be increased in height and therefore is considered to be acceptable in design terms. The extension would not be harmful to the conservation area um, considering how it is set back from the, uh, any public vantage points on the main road. No objections have been raised by the conservation officer either. Due to the design, size, scale and sighting and orientation of the proposed um, extensions, minimal overlooking uh, would result from the scheme. It should be noted that the windows um, serving bathrooms uh, on what would be the first floor um, would be um, obscurely glazed. So you've got a, a, a bathroom here which is to the front which would take account of one of the dormer windows which is proposed and the second dormer window um, which is located here to the rear again um, obscurely glazed which would minimise the number of window openings. And say this is an existing bedroom, so that's proposed to be extended um, further out here. Adequate parking, it, parking is um, provided on site to cater for the proposed extensions. Um, the development as a whole is considered acceptable and is recommended for approval subject to conditions as outlined within the report on page 137. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, we have um, somebody from the Parish Council, Alan Price. You have three minutes. Yes, thank you, Mr Chairman. Uh, 
first council wouldn't normally gross you our presence on an application of this nature, which is essentially an extension. Um, however, uh, there have been one or two objections from neighbours, um, and we really are here to represent them. Um, as pointed out, the, the, the house is within the conservation area, and uh, we were surprised not to receive a design access statement. Um, the parish clerk was in touch with the planning office asking why this was, and she was advised that none was necessary, but this seems to be at odds with uh, accepted and adopted policy. Uh, and, and this is the reason why uh, we asked Councillor Parry to bring this, uh, this particular application before the committee. Um, we accept that parking um, is going to be uh, provided within the cursory of the property, uh, but this does nothing to improve the access, which, have, as we've just seen on the map, is, is, is quite narrow. Uh, we feel, uh, or at least uh, that neighbours who object feel, that there will be an outbearing issue uh, if the property is enlarged in this way. This is probably, at the moment, one of the more built-up areas of the village, and, and frankly, any development uh, in, in this particular area cannot help but um, detract from the privacy of surrounding properties. We would suggest all of these matters um, could potentially have been dealt with by a design access statement, but as I've said, there isn't one, uh, and we question the, the fact that there isn't. We, we, we would have thought there should be. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Mary Shoes-Smith. Thank you. I just wanted to make a quick point that a design and access statement is not required for household applications, of which this is one. Um, so as part of the validation of applications, we do not require a design and access statement of an application of this nature. Thank you. Uh, members, comments, please. Councillor Freeman. Thank you, Chairman. Um, my concern is that it's a singularly unlovely design. There's an extensive flat roof, uh, which always look poor on bungalows, and it could have been mitigated they've made it a green roof, which would have made it quite nice, but no, it's not. It's just an ordinary flat roof over a bedroom. Um, and it's very difficult to tell from those plans what the finished product is going to look like. They're not in any way clear. Uh, I think it will be... Uh, not a particularly attractive chalet bungalow when it's finished. It's not necessarily a reason for turning it down, but I think the uh, architect could have done very much better. Sorry, if I could quickly point out, there isn't a flat roof that's being proposed as part of the scheme. The uh, first floor rear, which is proposed, that is a pitched uh, double roof, which will be jetted out from the existing. The the first floor side, again, will be pitched and blended into the existing roof. If you look at the side profile of the first floor side, uh, that's pitched here, and so is the jetted element, um, together with the uh, proposed bonnet dormers uh, to the front and rear. Thank you. I saw some hands fly up over here. Thank you. Councillor Mills? Yes, Mr Chairman. Um, I think on the drawing it doesn't look very attractive, but having said that, it looks a lot more attractive than what there was to start with. So um, as the access doesn't really affect the usage in as much as it will be the same amount of vehicle movements, um, I think the scheme has some merit and therefore I'd be prepared to propose it. We have a proposer. Seconded. 
Sorry, seconded already by Councillor Fairhurst. Got his hand up before you, I'm so afraid. Did you want to comment on it? Uh, in that case, I'll go straight to the vote, unless somebody else wanted to comment on it. No, uh, we go to the vote then. Um, those four? Unanimous. That's carried. We now move on to the next item of business. Item 5 on page 139. Thank you, Chairman. This, uh, page 139, um, this is, uh, these are called Chief Officer's Reports, just for clarity. So this is not in the normal run of the planning applications. This falls at the end. These are called Chief Officer Reports. And these are something, I suppose one might classify them as something else slightly out of the ordinary. Okay, so that, that's, that's why it's in, in this format and not in the same format as the other reports. Um, this application, um, 13 stroke 2107, um, was approved by the committee a while ago and a legal agreement is, uh, has been prepared um, and, and negotiated over, over many months. This is a site in, in Great Dunmo um, and as, uh, as approved by a committee subject to the legal agreement. An application or uh, report was brought to the, the last committee to vary condition two, which is the time limit condition, um, at the last meeting. Um, initially, the um, as it's quite a large scheme, 700 odd houses, 790 houses. It's uh, the idea is that it will be developed over a number of years, um, and the initial. Um, submission of details was uh, timed for uh, I think it was a year after the original decision notice and in discussions it, it was agreed with the developer that this was quite a short period of time to submit the first um, reserve matters. This was changed at the last committee to um, three years as in part A of um, the, con the recommendation here. Um, however part B of that condition was missed off the last committee. It was originally there um, in, in the original um, application that was approved by committee. So what this means is the, proposed, the recommendation is that we amend uh, condition two that we amended last, or some of you has amended last meeting, to read for these words. And this would mean that the first set of reserve matters need to be submitted within three years. And after then, because it's such a long scheme that will be developed over, say, eight or nine, ten years, each reserve matters need to be submitted as they come up. But then there's a long stop date of nine years for them to be submitted and a long stop date of 12 years for the development to be commenced. So on the larger schemes, it's, it's better to have the phases as they come up rather than, say, on day one we want to know all the details and to allow them to come up over time as each phase comes forward. It's highly likely that different developers will develop different phases and therefore the, the details will, will change over a period of time. So the recommendation is that condition two is amended um, as set out on page 139 and then the planning commission issued in accordance with um, the signed legal agreement and, and the rest of the conditions. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you, Mr Taylor. Any comments before we go to a vote? Councillor Riles. Hi, Mr Chairman. Um, could you explain where this development is and what it's all about, please? Thank you. Um, yes, it's... Um, let's describe it. Uh, at Tesco's. Yeah. Um, it's on the, the outside of the bypass. Yeah. Um, it was uh, a large 790-house scheme. Um, it was part of the allocations in the now-withdrawn local plan. So it's a, it's a residential estate with um, community centre, 
primary school, two from entry primary school, um, a large, substantial proportion of open space pitches and, and etc. as part of um, the, the development, and that will be developed over over a number of years. Um, so that, that's where it sits. Um, it, it, form, it formed part of the, the allocation there, um, and. This is the, I suppose, the last port, bit of the jigsaw. The 106, I believe, is almost ready to sign. I think there's a couple of ticks and crosses with the county, county council side, but from our perspective, it's ready to be signed and issued and development. It's also within the neighbourhood plan. It is within, yeah, Great Dunmo Town Council have been promoting their neighbourhood plan and it's proposed that's, that's one of the sites as part of that. Councillor Mills. Can I just ask, is this normal? So it's completely normal that it would have this sort of time scale? Yes, for this sort of scale development. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Thank you. So, j just for clarity, most developments will have a commencement time of, say, three years. An outline application will have two bits. It will have a commencement time where the reserve matters have to be submitted and then a, a date where they have to be implemented. Because of the scale of development, you might see a parcel of 100, 150 houses coming forward at each time because it's 790. That's a lot of parcels. And they'll develop over... You might say you might see... 50 to 100 houses coming forward developed per year so that's a number of years to get through to the latter phase of development and therefore having all the details up front is perhaps too much especially as they're likely to then be resubmitted because they'll be changed as tastes change over that period of time if nothing else. Councillor Fairhurst. Can I just ask um, what is the implication of the change? As I understand it, the, 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 the condition two in its current form then is just the section A, which defines and gives the, the planning authority not later than the expiry of three years from David's permission, and that by adding B, we're effectively giving them a fairly sort of open canvas to, to, to submit as and when they feel like it. Isn't, isn't it a little bit sort of loose? Don't we need more clarity, more specificity on the, on the process? So at the moment, um, Section A requires all reserve matters, so all the details of all the house types, landscaping, everything else to be submitted within, within three years and, and, and commenced. Um, because of the scale of the development, Phase 3 and 4 won't even commence till five years' time, and it might not be that we, they even know the, the potential developer at that, at that period. So what normally happens is that they will, once a phase is about ready to come outcome on stream, the plans will then be drawn up at that stage. We've got the overall layout, but the detailed plans of the house types will come up at that stage. I suppose by allowing a much longer period of time, hopefully we reduce the number of times that they come back to us to seek to amend something. Because if they had to submit all the details within three years, they will change. So then we'll have further applications every time an application changes over a period of time. Because once, while a commencement is timed, a conclusion isn't. So there is no time limit within planning to effectively conclude a consent. So while the commencement needs to happen, um, you know, within Section B, within within uh, within 12 years, actually, the commencement will will be longer than that. So I suppose it's, it is giving flexibility, but it's being pragmatic about how developments actually happen on the ground. 
Thank you. Flexibility is good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a novice at this, but it seems to me um, the, the risk here is that we effectively say we're going to build 750 houses. We're not sure how, when, or who's going to do it, um, but let's just define the 750 houses. And it would seem to me, I, I don't know, you, 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 the compromise is flexibility over control. Things do change. The, the, the environments change and infrastructure changes. And, and I think that, you know, nine to, nine to 12 years, who's going to be here in that time? It's a different kind of animal. Um, I don't know. It's, I, I, again, again, I say, I don't have the knowledge on this. Uh, Councillor Chambers had his hand up earlier. Just wish to propose the recommendation, Chairman. Do I have a seconder? Councillor Laughlin. Oh, Eric was ahead of me. Eric. Yes, Chairman. Eric Hicks. I was about to say. Councillor Hicks. Okay, so we're seconded. Those in favour? Those against? Abstention. One abstention. Thank you. That's passed. We now move on to item, sorry, item seven, which is planning agreements. Which I think. And um, Chairman, this is here really for your information, and I'll just explain. Every other committee, we have one of these. And we also have um, a regular review of appeal decisions that we receive. So the appeal decisions we have in, that you'll then find a review of those that Mr. Brown does on the agenda. So this is a regular update. So on the, on the planning and agreements, what you have here is, is all the ones that Christine, oh, sorry, Mrs. Aliba has on her desk um, and is working on. Some you'll see the agreement has been sealed, which means the agreement has been sealed and the decision issued. But then she reports them to you at the next meeting before they fall off and, and don't get ripped. So you have a knowledge of those and, and obviously the general public have a knowledge of what's been sealed and issued. So that's, the that's why we do it and it's here really for you to note and to question anything that, that comes up really, but it's, it's really a noting item. Right, we have two. We have uh, Councillor Freeman and then Councillor Lodge. Yes, thank you. Um, now, I have been here before and I, I remember going through these lists before and I guess it's fine if you were around at the time for example 133084 happened to be considered uh, and you have it firmly in your memory or you've looked it up but um, it does I think bear a little bit of explanation for those of us who had a, a break in our time on this committee um, or haven't served on it before for example that one, the first one, number one application refused in which case, why are we wasting our time with it? There must be a very good reason. Uh, is it possible to... Can you give us a thumbnail sketch of these, or is it... Uh so, Christine will correct me if I'm wrong. I assume that one was refused because the Section 106 wasn't completed, because you'll see the resolution yep. is in yep. front of you is, is not to approve necessarily, it's to refuse unless they sign a 106. I realise that. And so that's the result. That's so it timed out. Yeah, but I see where you're coming from, because you don't know the time frame behind no. those. What about the others? <laughs> the, the sec I'll quickly run down the second one. Um, this is the change nationally in terms of when we can ask for contributions. This was too small, so it dropped off. Land west of Woodside Way, we've just spoken about with that condition that was changed. Manor Oak Homes in um, Saffron Warden, that's now been issued. Um, Moore's Garage on Thaxted Road, I believe they're about to submit a further application um, to amend something and therefore this will drop off and it will be a new one if that comes forward. Uh, East Thames Group, 119 Radwinter Road, that's the extra care home opposite Tesco's and that's just waiting for a land deal to happen. 
uh, Web Road, Flitchgreen, a different site than we've just discussed, but this is a, a residential development next to the, the retail unit there. And that, that's obviously the agreement was sent out beginning of last month. Um, Windon's crossed in Newport, that's issued now. Um, Bushmead Homes, um, that's Stanston Motel, which is a, a rather grotty site in, in, in Little Canfield, Takeley, and that's just um, a draft agreement sent out, and that's, that's waiting for, for signature. And the last one was a, a minor amendment to a wall at the now constructed um, retirement home, but because they hadn't at that time paid the 400,000 for memory affordable housing contribution, we needed to do a new legal agreement to ensure they did. But they have now paid it, but we've still got to do the legal agreement because that's what was resolved at committee. So that's, that's a very brief potted history of those ones that we've got. Councillor Lodge. I'll make one point. This list is the 106 agreements to applications that you have uh, passed at committee. I have quite a large number on my desk which have not yet come before you, so, uh, and I, I don't report on those. So if you wanted any information on those, you would need to contact me. Councillor Lodge. You may have guessed, Mr Taylor has answered about 99.9% .9 of what I was going to ask. Other than just really, um, again, coming back to, to Moore's Garage, what you're saying is that imaginative scheme is uh, dropped for the moment, is it? And it may well be something rather different. No, the, it has been slightly bitten by the affordable housing contribution issue again with that change in thing. Now, um, we are very anxious to keep that imaginative design going. We may disagree, we may agree on that one, but it will be in I'm sure it will be in front of you again if we have a revised scheme because of the size of the scheme. Councillor Laughlin. We haven't had any planning appeals, any information. I assume there aren't any. Are there? Well, I know we've had a couple. Cause no, there haven't been any. Ah, <laughs> oh, hide your head in shame. <laughs> now, ha having said that, picking up Andrew's point, I, I wanted to speak to Andrew because what I want to try to do is while we're trying to reset the committee and try to do things differently I still want to do an appeal report but I, what I really want to do is do a regular enforcement report as well and, and possibly you know, rather than burden you with one of those each time maybe Christine can only do one every I mean we need to discuss this maybe Christine can do a court, do a do one every three committees, we have an enforcement report every three committees and we have an appeal report every three committees. So therefore at least that, first of all that spreads the work and secondly it means we can have a, a firm discussion because you'll see on appeal decisions like that particularly, the one that I know that you're alluding to would not have been on this agenda because it would have been written last week. So, so at least we can do it on a quarter and we can pick trends up but obviously we will work that out. If that happens, that's fine, but could members know what's happening in their local area? Because sometimes, uh, not so bad now, but it used to be that my parish council would know, and I wouldn't, and the, because they would have been informed of an appeal, whether one, one or not. I thought appeal decisions were sent out to all members. Well, yes, the, uh, yes yeah, they may be I, now, but they uh, weren't. But okay. I just want to ensure, if you're going to change no, the no, system... No, we're not, not going to... We're not going to email. We're not going to change the email of the. Of so the, that will the, carry on. The change of, of, on right, this okay. agenda. Right. Thank you. Final item: uh, urgent business. I have no urgent business. I declare the meeting closed at a quarter to five.